If you weren't already standing, that was good stuff. Thank you. We are continuing a series called Blazing Center, and it's walking in conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to do today is talk about listening, listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God, wants to speak to you, and he wants to instruct your hearts. So in order for us to begin to grow in that, we want to center our hearts on God's Word. We want to center our hearts on His Word. So I'm opening up the Bible right now to Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. If you have your Bibles with you, great. If you don't, they'll be on the screen or they could be on your personal device. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And we'll read it uh, right now. Let me pray as we enter into God's Word. Father, thank you for your Word. Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you would speak through your Word into our hearts today. And that's a big prayer. So I ask, Lord, that you begin with me, continue to instruct my heart, and as my friends are here, brothers and sisters in faith gathered, Lord, I pray that we too would have an encounter with you that would be life-changing, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote all about what Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood among them. And they said, Men of Galilee, Why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you. And thanks to our worship team today leading us in worshipful prayer. That was great. Thank you. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, it may be words that are familiar to you. I mean, generally the beginning of big books like this are, are probably the, the things that people read the most. You know, sometimes you get towards the end of the book, you might, might fade out a little. But maybe you have read that introduction to the book of Acts before, um, and it might be familiar to you. I know I have. I've read it several times. But even uh, this time that I went through it in preparation for this morning, I feel like God revealed something to me that I had never noticed before. That even in these first 11 verses, Jesus is showing us 
three major priorities, three major priorities that he covered in his earthly ministry. It's almost like this was like the, the summary of his ministry, and you can see them there on the screen. There were three big priorities that Jesus was about that are captured there in that passage. And now, before I get into this, somebody might say, well, isn't, isn't Jesus' big priority to glorify God the Father to do his work? And I would say, yeah, for sure. That was definitely one of his priorities, to glorify the will of the Father. But that was also the motive. These three priorities that are captured in this passage are also three things that he preached about quite a bit that seem to be the thrust of his earthly ministry. Now, check this out. Number one, he says, he appeared to them, showing convincing proof that he had been raised from the dead. This was after the crucifixion, Jesus going to the cross. He had died for the sins of the world and been raised by the power of God, just as he said he would. He always talked about this. I'm going to be delivered in the hands of sinners. They're going to kill me on the cross. It's going to be okay. God the Father is going to raise me from the dead in three days. And he did this so that all of us could have a way out of sin. By Jesus' death and resurrection from the cross, we have a liberation. We are set free from our sin by faith. And our sin, our whether we're good enough or don't feel good enough, is no longer a barrier between us and a relationship with God. He has paid that price. This is a big priority for Jesus, and we know that. That he paid the penalty for our sin so that we could have a restored relationship with God the Creator, the Holy Father. Now, for many of us, that's the big story. Maybe that's number one and only one. But did you notice there are other things that he taught in this that are also core to his ministry? He also said, you will receive the gift. Stay in Jerusalem. You'll receive the gift that the Father has promised. He's talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit among all believers. Now, because this is the book of Acts, you might think, well, this is where he started talking about it. Actually, no. Read the Gospels, and you'll see Jesus talked about the outpouring of the Spirit a lot. He knew it was coming. In fact, it was something that he was so excited for, you could almost hear the joy in his voice. As he even said last week, we talked about this. He said, you know, it's better for you if I leave, because when I leave, you are going to receive the promised Holy Spirit in you, and God who has walked with you will now be in you. God will be in you. Jesus was particularly excited about the outpouring of the Spirit among the believers. He talked about it a lot. Next, he said, you will receive power. Again, this was always part of the plan. You'll receive the promise of the Holy Spirit, the, the, and that will give you power to go out and continue to build up and nurture the kingdom of God here on earth. Again, he talked about this with his disciples many times. One day I won't be with you. You'll receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to do amazing things, even greater things than he's done in building up the kingdom of God from here, starting in Jerusalem, all the way to the ends of the earth. And that is a work that is still continuing today. So we see in this short passage Three major priorities. It's almost like he's, you know, he's putting a capstone on his ministry here. And it happens that they all start with P, so they're easy to remember. Proof that he died. Sin no longer holds us back. There's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He knew it was coming. He was so excited about that. And from that Holy Spirit, believers, including you and I, would have power to go out and bring the kingdom of God here on earth with him. 
In other words, friends, the Holy Spirit is not an afterthought. The Holy Spirit is not an afterthought. It's not an option. You know, out in the parking lot there, there's my, my Volkswagen. I love it. It's a, it's a base model uh, Volkswagen Jetta. And I, I love base models. I tend to always get the base model. I, I don't need the extras. You know, I, I love it. It's predictable. It's, it's right. It's got all the basic stuff. You know, it's a little cheaper than the extra stuff, and it's less things to break down. But that has served me really well, and I love it. I sometimes think, though, that people assume that the Christian story, the base model is salvation in Christ, and then the extra optionals might be like Holy Spirit. And maybe I get that. I don't know if I'm going to pay for that. I'm not sure I want that. I just want the base model Christianity. But that's actually not how it works. The Holy Spirit is, is not an optional package that we can choose or not choose. The Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit into all believers was always, always something that was part of Jesus' ministry. He said, it's better for you if I go, because then you'll receive the helper, the advocate, God's Spirit in you, and from that, you will go out and you will do amazing things in my name. This is how the people of God are empowered to go out and represent Jesus even today. We go out in the name of Jesus and represent him everywhere we go, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's why this series is called The Blazing Center. That's why this series is called that. Because it's calling us as believers, as a church, to gather around the blazing center of the Holy Spirit within us and through us together. And this series was encouraged to us by our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church. Of all the things they could have asked us to teach on in 2020, they asked us to focus on this for a few weeks, to center ourselves on the ministry of the Holy Spirit as the blazing center that we gather around. So we'll be doing this teaching series. There's also resources available to you to encourage you on this journey together. We have uh, some Book of Acts readers. You can see them on the screen as well. There's a, a little Book of Acts that you can kind of read through and, and, and look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, kind of fill in some of the gaps between the weeks of teaching. And there's also an online reading program if you want to just look and read together through the Book of Acts and refresh yourself in the power of the Holy Spirit at work then and at work right now today. Throughout this series, we're going to cover a number of topics. Last week, we began talking about the affirmation of a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit, an affirmation of the conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. This is one of the beliefs about our church that connects us uh, in our denomination, but, but really ultimately connects us to all the churches that gather. This idea that we, can, we have to agree that we, we can understand, we can know we are fully dependent on God's Spirit to encourage our walk. And that teaching is online if you want to listen to that from last week. Today, I want to talk a little bit more about listening to the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can actually speak to you. It's, God may not always speak in your ear. It's kind of deeper than that. It's almost speaking into your heart. I'm going to talk to you about ways that you can nurture that gift, God speaking to you, and listening. And by the way, listening is not just hearing. Listening implies hearing and obeying. Parents, you're supposed to say amen on that one right? Because I know sometimes when I'm instructing my kids and I'm like, no, you hear me. I know you hear me, but you know they are listening when they do the thing you ask them to do, right? So it's listening to the Holy Spirit, not just, not just hearing him. Next, we're going to talk about learning, which is the lifelong pursuit of knowing God's truth. Then we're going to talk about developing leadership as a gift in the Spirit. 
We're going to talk more about life, the community. What does it look like to be people of the Spirit in community together? And then conclude with being led by the Spirit, which is an active and ongoing daily routine. So, as we unpack all that, I want to ask, how can we begin to listen to the Holy Spirit? And, and what makes us think that we have even that opportunity to have an active relationship with God that he would speak to us anyway? Like, what gives us that right? How, what are the conditions that we have that we can, we can say, oh, I hear from God and, and, I, and I listen to him and I respond? Let me, let me help you out with that. First of all, it begins with what's called the infilling of the Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit. And we, we saw that in the book of Acts when, when Jesus says, you know, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and he will be in you. He'll fill you. This is the, the call that Jesus had. And he talked about it in many ways and many different times. The idea that the Holy Spirit by faith would be poured into every believer. We'd receive that Spirit of God in us. And it's ours by faith. It's not an extra add-on. You don't have to sign on to get the, the plan B package. It's part of the conditions of being a follower of Christ. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's in Ephesians uh, 1, verse 13. Ephesians 1, verse 13 says it this way. When you had heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of salvation, and you believed in him, there it is again. See, you heard it and you believed it. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and you believed in him, you were marked. This is Ephesians 1.13. You were marked by the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. There's no extra add-on. When you accepted the gospel as true, when your heart and mind came to realize Jesus died for your sins, when you said yes to him as your Savior and your Lord, you received, you were marked by the sealing of the Holy Spirit. All of us, every one of us, ever since that day of Pentecost till today. Even calls it the guarantor, the mark that we have received Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. All of us do. It's infilling. It's in us now. Now, one habit that I have um, is I, I like to drink water. Uh, I like to drink cold water. And over the last season, I have tried to perfect the art of keeping my water ice cold. So I've experimented with lots of different kinds of cups and glasses and mugs and things. And I have a pretty good one there. It's one of those Yeti ones that my father-in-law gave me. It's great. It's like quadruple filtered and air pressed. And, you know, you put ice water in that thing and it's cold. Because when I drink water, like especially if I wake up at night, I, I keep it right by my nightstand, you know. And when I wake up and I, oh, I just want to taste that ice cold water in my mouth. I don't know if you're like that. I just get really crazy about it. Lukewarm water doesn't do it for me. I need ice cold, just mm, refreshing water, right? But I realized with all the times that I drink ice cold water, I don't really know where it goes. Like I drink it, I taste it in my mouth, it's so refreshing, but I don't really think about it. Can I drink a pretty, I mean, sometimes I'll really sit and chug a glass out, you know. So I was encouraged this week, maybe by the Spirit, to just think a little more about that experience of drinking ice cold water. So I did what I do. I took out my, my Yeti cup and I just, ah, oh, just poured it in my mouth and I just feel it, you know, kind of feel it. it just, it's like tickles. It's so cold. I love it. But what happens after that? Like it goes down my throat and I, I just found myself being more sensitive to that experience, right? The, the water kind of flowed inside me and I could feel it, you know, still kind of being cool as it went down into my insides. I was like, oh, that's what happens, right? 
That's what happens with the Holy Spirit. He's poured out into us like that refreshing drink of water, but it's, it's a constant filling. It, by faith in Christ, we get access to this flood of, of the Holy Spirit water flowing down into us constantly. It's infilling us always. So what do we do when we, we constantly have to keep filling in? Well, next is the outpouring. It has to go somewhere. And the Holy Spirit as a fire and a fuel is designed for us to flow out. It's designed for us to flow out. You see this in uh, John, uh, the book of John. Jesus talked about this um, in John chapter 7. This outflowing of the Spirit, which is the next slide, please. It says, on the last day of the festival, and it was a great day, There was Jesus standing there, and he cried out. This is John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. It was the last day of the festival. It was a great day. Jesus was standing there, and he cried out to the crowd, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. And let the one who believes in me drink. As the scriptures have said, this is Jesus, out of the believer's heart, shall flow rivers of living water. Come to me if you're thirsty. Living water will come, and out of their heart will flow living water. And he said this, it says in the Scriptures, about the Holy Spirit, which believers in him were going to receive, but as not yet they did not, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. In the book of Acts, he has, and today he has. Come to me, all you who are thirsty, and I will fill you with living water that will also flow out from you. In other words, we're like little sprinklers. We're supposed to be like little sprinklers. I went out to try to find a sprinkler in the last couple weeks. They're really hard to find. There's not many out there. Apparently, people bought them because it got kind of dry out. And so I went to a couple hardware stores, and they were like, sorry, we're out of stock, you know. So my, my grass was kind of getting dry, and I kept trying to use the little gun to kind of spray it out, but there's just nothing easier if you don't have an automated system. You know, to connect the hose to a sprinkler, you turn the hose on and it it blasts water and it nurtures the grass around it. This is what we're supposed to be like, little sprinklers that we receive this outpouring of the Holy Spirit constantly and then we radiate it out into the world. Now, how do we do that? Well, we radiate it out through fruits of the Spirit, the produce of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, understanding. You let him produce those fruits, and that's one way that we share, we spread out, we pour out the Holy Spirit. Another one is gifts. He will give you instructions and utterances, maybe uh, uh, words of wisdom to pass on to people around you. And that's another way that we radiate or we outflow the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I have a little problem at my house. Uh, We have our front spigot that comes out that's, you know, the one we use to, to... to water the front grass, and it's got a leak in it. Like, I can, I can close the valve, but it kind of trickles out anyway. And so in order to block it, I've had to come up with a system where I take the hose and I have to keep it on there all the time, and then at the end of the hose, I have a cap, and I've sort of capped it off from that. So water is always kind of stuck in the hose, and at least it stops it up at the end, and it doesn't drip, which is great, because, you know, having water dripping constantly out of the house is not a good thing. And I'm always concerned, though, that believers in Christ, that we have devised also very creative ways of capping that infilling of the Spirit. That He's always trying to pour into us this 
river of, of flowing living water for the purpose of, of, of spreading it. But we can devise very clever ways of holding it back and, and capping it off. And this is what's known as quenching the spirit, kind of trying to douse him out. We're not feeding, we're not, we're not nurturing the, the places that we go. Which gets us to the third part, which is the daily influence. The Holy Spirit wants to be a daily influence in your life. Just like my little sprinkler cap, I have to move it around the yard every so often to make sure I'm getting all the parts of the grass watered. God wants to move you around too. He wants to move you around. And sometimes it might not make sense, but he wants, to, he wants you to listen and obey as he may place you in different settings throughout your day or throughout your life. This is what it means to be consciously dependent, to know that you need the Holy Spirit and to accept his leadership at all times. Lord, where are you placing me today so that I can radiate and outpour your spirit wherever I go. This is what Jesus meant in John chapter 10, verse 27, when he said, My sheep, they hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Jesus said that. My sheep, they, they hear my voice. They're dependent on his voice. And he knows them. There's a personal relationship that he has with them. And then they follow me. They obey my commands. This is what it means for us to be tuned and attentive to the distinct voice of God in our lives. Now, let's be honest. There are lots of other shepherds in the world, and some of them sound really attractive. Come over here. Come over here. As I said last week, we have never been more entertained than any other culture, any other time in, in history. Lots of other shepherds calling our attention. But my sheep, he said, are tuned to my voice. They know me, and I know them. We're in relationship with our shepherd, God, as our father, and in the spirit. And they follow me. They obey my commands. They're attentive to the voice of the shepherd through the Holy Spirit, and they obey what he says. Guys, friends, God's still speaking. He's still speaking. The shepherd is still calling. So how can we begin to be more attentive? How can we begin to be more tuned to that blazing center, Holy Spirit, that God has placed in us? Now, maybe for you, you're here and you just maybe feel like, I, just, I barely have the pilot light on, you know? We talk about blazing center. I don't know if it's really that hot. I feel like maybe I just have a little pilot light on. And, and, and one of the signs for that is that you're always thinking your own way through your day. You're always trying to think your own way through your own problems. You're always trying to think what might be best for me. And you might even not even think about it much when you say things to friends like, good luck with that, good luck, as if there's just sort of this empty fate out there, as if we're on our own. That's one of the signs that maybe there's just a pilot light there. Again, by faith in Christ, if you have received Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you have the Holy Spirit there. He's there, but sometimes we can keep it kind of locked in. It's like maybe the pilot light's just barely on. So how can we begin then to nurture that gift, to tune our hearts and be more attentive to the voice of God in the Spirit? I'll give you three ways that you can nurture that gift right now. 
One is the, the Word of God. The Word of God. This book right here. The Word of God. In Hebrews 4.12, it tells us it is God-breathed. It's the breath of God. And it's living and active. And it's one of the ways, I'd say the primary and foundational way that we can begin to hear from God is spending a daily time in His Word, reading it and submitting to it. When it talks about the Bible being the breath of God, I always think of like when my kids were, were younger. They're too big to snuggle now. That's kind of bad. But when they were smaller, they would just sort of lay on your chest and you could almost, you know, sit with them. And there was just that beautiful time, right, when they just lay on you, you just have that time. That's what God wants with us as his children. He wants us to, to lay on his chest and hear his breath. That's intimacy. He wants to talk to you. And the primary way he talks to us is through his word. It's the, it's the tuning device. You know, like our, our band, before they came up here and, and, and played their instruments, they had to tune their, their instruments to make sure they were in tune. And this is how we tune our hearts, is by spending time regularly in God's Word. When we, when we commit ourselves to growing, to listening to God by His Word, we get discernment. We get discernment. Because it's here that we learn of God's character, and it's here we learn the boundaries of His will. It's through daily interaction, submitting to God's word, because he speaks by his word. Now, I've run a couple of experiments on this. I have had some seasons where my time in the word has not been, you know, daily. Like it's, it's you know, it's maybe more academic or a little more stiff or just kind of when I need it. You know, I, I sometimes have it where it's like I haven't really been reading it much, Right. And I'll notice that I feel drier in my spirit overall. I don't really hear from the Lord much. And I've had other seasons where I really commit myself to spending that devotional time of just getting a piece of God's word in my heart before I start my day. And I find that he, it's a much richer experience. He'll continue to speak to you throughout your day because you took that time to just spend time listening for his breath. And so I invite you maybe to run your own experiment for the next 28, 30 days, something like that. Spend daily time in the Word, just asking God to talk to you and let Him. And you'll see it, it'll, it'll ignite in the rest of your day. The second way that God speaks to us is by His Spirit, by the Spirit of God. That still, small voice that we carry within us, the Spirit of God. I believe the Holy Spirit continues to speak to us through uh, utterances or instincts uh, words that he might give you. He will lead you through your day. And it might sometimes make absolutely no sense. And at other times, it'll make absolutely perfect sense. Sometimes it's encouraging. Sometimes it's kind of frightening. But the Holy Spirit continues to speak into the hearts of each believer. He guides us through our day. And when we obey the Spirit of God, we get direction. We get direction from the Spirit of God. Do you, think, uh, do you think God cares how you pay for your gas? I actually am convinced now that he does. I pulled up to a gas station not too long ago. I was perfectly prepared to pay at the pump. Who doesn't pay at the pump anymore, right? But I felt this urging, like, you know, go into the shop. Like, why would I go in the shop? Okay, I'll go in the shop. So I walk in the shop, and I'm standing in line behind a guy who looks like he's been working hard that day. His clothes are real dusty, and uh, he had his construction stuff on. 
and he was buying two hot dogs and a, and a Red Bull. What a lunch, man. That's a power-packed lunch right there. Two hot dogs and, a, and an energy drink. And I'm standing there in line behind him, and it's about his turn, and I heard it again. Pay for his lunch. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I've got five kids to feed, and I'm not the one that typically goes and just buys strangers lunch. That's just not my thing, right? No, that's not me telling you now. That's actually what I started thinking in my head as I heard that, pay for his lunch. What do you mean? I got five kids to feed. I'm not, and plus, it's too late now. He's already pulled his card out. I started thinking all that, right? Puts his card in the little slot. Eh, pulls it out. Puts it back in. Clicking. Eh. Cashier looks at him. He's like, sorry, man, your card's denied. I saw his face get flushed. He's like, oh, dude. I'm sorry. Hey, let me, let me take care of it for you. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I was supposed to do it before that. I was supposed to save him from that moment of shame. I was supposed to do that. I had to explain. Now I have to pay for his lunch. He's trying to thank me, and I'm apologizing. Dude, I'm so sorry. I, God told me to pay for your lunch, and I didn't listen. We had a great conversation. He's like, I don't feel like I listen to God either, but maybe I need to start. Maybe I need to start. God will speak to you by his spirit. Another way God speaks to us is through the people of God, the community of faith gathered here, friends and family, neighbors, brothers and sisters, parents who know God, who are praying, who are listening. God speaks to us in the community of God. You see this in the book of Acts in chapter 1. After Jesus speaks his promise, they get together, they pray, and they're always encouraging one another on the mission. Through the people of God, we get depth. With interaction with the people of God, we get depth in our walk because we get accountability and encouragement. Some of you may even be here this morning because someone, people of God, said, why don't you come and experience community at our church? And we're so thankful you're here. God does speak to us by people reaching out to us. So word, spirit, and people of God. We need all three in generous partnership. So where are you in this? Is the flame of the Holy Spirit yet the blazing center of your heart? Have you accepted that great gift, that outflowing? Are you thirsty, as Jesus said? Is anyone here thirsty? I'll pour in rivers of living water, and they will never thirst again. Maybe this morning you need to be reminded of the proof that Jesus died for your sins, but that did not stop him. He was raised again so that you can have new and eternal life. Maybe you need to receive of that promise to open yourselves and just say, I don't know if I get it all, but I receive you. God, as my Savior and my Lord, fill me, fill me now. By your confession of faith, you have the Holy Spirit. Maybe this morning you need to be revived in that power. And it's power that comes with purpose. You will be my witnesses, starting here in Jerusalem and to the ends of the world in convenience stores near you. You will be my witnesses. I want to lead us in a time of prayer and then conclude us with a short prayer that's a very powerful prayer. It was part of the Welsh revival. There was a revival that happened in 1904. People are still talking about it today. 
where people everywhere in this town started praying, and they were praying words exactly like we're going to share today, and something lit. The Holy Spirit came in a profound way, and it changed their country. It changed them in an amazing way. So I'm going to pray for us, and then I want us to conclude with that Welsh revival prayer. Let me pray first. Holy Spirit, would you pour out now? Would you fill us? Would you fill us in our hearts? Would you remind us of your great story of grace, that Jesus died for our sin? There's no barrier between us and God anymore. We are set free. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us from from death into life, from walking in darkness to walking in light to living by lies and instead hearing truth. Lord, fill us fresh with your spirit and keep it as the blazing center of our lives. Let us hear you fresh today by your word and your spirit and among the people of God and lead us all in all of our days to be your witnesses wherever you send us. And now that prayer on the screen. It says, fill us, Holy Spirit, fill us. More than a fullness we would know. We are but the smallest of your vessels and yet, Even we can overflow. And this short prayer was one tool that God used to bring revival to a whole group of people. And so if this is something you want today, just stand up right now and let's say it together. Fill us, Holy Spirit, fill us. More than a fullness we would know. We are but the smallest of your vessels. Yet even we can overflow. Again, fill us, Holy Spirit, fill us. More than a fullness we would know. We are but the smallest of your vessels, yet even we can overflow. Amen.